You're listening to the Joy Junkie Show podcast, episode 248. You can find information on anything referenced in this episode at thejoyjunkie.com slash 248. You're listening to the Joy Junkie Show, your source for getting your shit together in love and life. Wouldn't it suck if I really talk like that? I'm Mr. Smith. I'll be hanging out on the show with you guys. So without further ado, here's your host, life coach, speaker, all-around badass, just happens to be my beautiful bride, Amy E. Smith. And we're back. It's 924 in the AM. It's 924 in the AM. <laughs> traffic coming up. Dirty damn the garbage man is here. <laughs> right, right. <laughs> Folks, real special guest here this morning. Dirty Dad, the garbage man. Z105's newest DJ is here. Hey, Soccer Z's, what's up? Oh I gosh. love that sketch. So good. Hello, pod people. Welcome to the Joy Junkie Show. We are bringing you part two of communicating with your partner. That's right. This we- is the solutions episode. That's right. So last week, if you did not catch it, we'll be sure to link to it in the show notes. Last episode week, 247, right? 247. Yeah. We talked about part one, which were a handful of things that you might be doing currently that unknowingly is making your job really, really hard in getting through to your partner. And a lot of times we're kind of going over the same shit day after day, over and over, and we are wondering why the hell our partner isn't understanding us, isn't hearing us, and that particular episode might be a little bit illuminating around, oh, shit, well, here's some of the reasons why. This week, we're going to talk about some effective ways to communicate, and we've been talking a lot about relationships all through the month of March and then a little bit in this month as well. And there's a good reason why. There is a good reason why. Because right now, Relationship RX, which is a brand new course that I have curated. I was going to say, that's a that's a Joy Junkie exclusive, right? What do you mean? Isn't the- that like your thing, this Joy Junkie RX? Or this um, Relationship really? RX? It is. It is totally my work that I have compiled based off of a ton of research around how people communicate and how we are actually heard by the other person. So I have been researching this for months now, and it's really quite factual and very simple. And we are also just not taught at all. And so we- So wild to me. It's crazy because we learn how to communicate with one another based off of family of origin or from our past relationships or from the media. And all of it is wildly ineffective. Yeah. And then we get frustrated because we don't feel heard. We aren't getting our needs met, all of that stuff. So I put together a comprehensive course. It spans six weeks long. We've got a ton of people in there already, couples, individuals who are about to go on this journey with me to learn how to communicate. 
And we talk about how each person perceives things. We're going to talk about assumption of intention when you assume what your partner is thinking or what their perspective is on things, all the way to how we receive love, specific scripts and things you can actually say to each other to get through a little bit easier, things not to say, how to deal with our emotions and our feelings that are coming up around this stuff without being like, fuck, I have to talk about my feelings. (laughs) But here's the deal. I talked about it last week. It is open for registration right now. It is highly likely that I will not teach this more than one time per year. So this is your opportunity to get in on it. So if you're thinking, I cannot imagine my relationship in this exact same climate in a year's time, then you probably need to get your ass to class. The reason why you want to do it sooner than later is this Thursday is the last call for the introductory price. After this Thursday, if you're listening to this the day that it airs, after this Thursday, it will jump by $200. Oh, damn. And who the fuck wants to pay more? Nobody. 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 Go to thejoyjunkie.com slash RRX, and that will give you all of the information that you possibly need. We've got couples who are doing it. We have individuals who are doing it. I've got people who are super happy in their relationship, people who are not so happy in their relationship. It does not matter if you've got your partner's buy-in or if you don't. Like it, It will be wildly beneficial to you no matter what. Hmm. Of course, it's ideal if your partner is like, yes, let's do this together. Sure. That's your ideal scenario. But this will also affect how you engage with your siblings, your best friends, your coworkers, your bosses, your subordinates, all of that stuff. Because it's simply rooted in science about how we are able to affect change in our relationships. Mm-hmm. So – Anyway, I'm pumped about it. I'm super excited about it. And we'll I'll give you a little sneak peek of what it's all about today when we talk about effectively communicating. So I want you to think Sweet. about this too. If you get any sort of insight or benefit from just a quick podcast, I like to say that these podcasts are almost like they're like an appetizer or like a little sample. Yeah. And then my courses are like a full-blown seven-course meal. Right? <laughs> you get it. the appetizers, you get the all the courses, you get the dessert, you get the coffee, you get the booze, you get the everything. Because people are like, oh, can I just listen to the pod? And I'm like, uh, that'll give you a taste. But pe- yeah. people say all the time how much more in-depth the courses are. And they're like, whoa, I didn't even For sure. quite realize. Yes. But more on that to come. And we are going to get the mics a little bit pumped up with a segment we like to call... Would you rather? Oh, yeah. That one's my segment. That is your time to shine, mm-hmm. Malerve. Oh, yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah. Okay. Uh-huh. <laughs> Today's would you rather is, would you rather go to jail for four years for something you didn't do or Ooh. get away with something horrible but always live in fear of being caught? Oh, wow. I would definitely do the first one. Do the four years, get it done. I would do the four. Even if you didn't do it. Even if I didn't do it, which is then sadly- your conscience would be that's, clean, right? That's the nature of plea bargains these days. How come my conscience is so clean? <laughs> <laughs> oh, you box dirty! Then how comes my conscience is so clean? <laughs> that's true. Well, okay. So I, 
I think because of, okay, first of all, I've always been such a rule follower. So just even the sheer nature of getting my car registered in North Carolina that has been, <laughs> I'm like, oh my God, my car is illegal. Like, that I, has been an issue. It yeah. is so, if I did some, first of all, if I did something horrible, my conscience would be eating me alive. And then if I got away with it and was always in fear of getting caught, I would drive myself Your whole mad. Life. Yeah. I would drive myself fucking mad. I'd rather do the four years with something I didn't do. It also, <laughs> I mean, it kind of has a a valiance to it, you know, like oh, a martyr, yeah, like a martyr piece of I did something or I I had to do I this, sacrificed. I sacrificed this, and I didn't even do anything, kind of thing, you know. I don't know. That, that's a much better feeling to me than oh my god, I can't believe that actually happened, and now I have to live with the rest of my life of feeling like I have to hide it. That would cause me the most extreme angst. Like I can't, I just think about even in past work scenarios where I've been really worried about a boss coming down on me. Like I cannot imagine if I actually had, did a criminal act. Right. And you, it doesn't, it, it doesn't have to be something that you're like, oh, I, well, I would never do something criminal. Like people do things that are criminal all the time without meaning to. Right. You know? Yeah. Yeah. That's that's fascinating. Well, what you would do the time? I would do the time. Yeah. I yeah. think I would too. Yeah. And I would just read as much as I could. And So how many of you would live with the weight of doing something and getting away with it versus spending time in prison? It's, I mean, and then there's, there's also the implications of like, what if you have small kids? Mm-hmm. You would, oh, yeah. you would miss like uh, out on the. Mm-hmm. And what if you're in a career where when you get out, you can't do that career anymore? I like know. If you're an accountant or something and you got busted for financial something. Embezzling or something. Right. And you didn't. Right. But then you couldn't be an accountant anymore or, you know, something, something like, like that. Something like that. Yeah. There's a lot of little. Wow. Life things in there. But well, anyway. like like the the all the peeps in ap- after hours, they come up with loophole after loophole. Oh yeah. They love to pull a loophole. I gotta out close on those Smith. loopholes all the time. That's right. So what we're talking about, if you don't know, is I have an exclusive VIP club over on Facebook. It's called the Joy Junkie After Hours Club. After hours. You can get there by going to the joyjunkie.com slash club. The link should also be in the show notes. And basically when you go to that link, it'll redirect you right over to the Facebook group. The reason you want to be over there, first of all, is we talk about would you rather's every single Monday, which yep. is hilarious. And people come up with great reasoning and they ask Mr. Smith, like, what do you think about this? And they mm-hmm. they challenge him with loopholes. <laughs> but also every single Thursday, I do additional bonus trainings where I jump on Facebook Live and I do Q and Slay, where I answer your questions, things that have come up for the week, and if you're interested in Relationship Rx, every time I do a course, I do a coupon code that only lands in the After Hours Club. Sweet. So if you're interested in Relationship Rx, be sure to get that coupon code for 25 bucks off by joining the After Hours community. After Hours. It's totally... <laughs> It's totally free. There's no obligation, none of that. And it's I, I run a tight fucking ship, so there's no selling and, mm-hmm. like, nonsense in there. 
So we keep it really nice and streamlined. So come join us over in the club. So let's talk a little bit about communicating with your partner. Part D. Part D. D. (laughs) So we talked a lot last week about the inclination of feeling as though you are right. Really Mm, feeling justified in your stance. Now, when you're talking about a situation about what happened or what should have happened, we usually have very specific opinions about how things should go. So an example, last night, you and I were having a conversation about how we are dividing up our financial house. Yes. What we're doing with investments, what we're doing with household stuff, what we're doing with various components of your new business, of my business. And we had differing opinions about how we should proceed. We just had different ideas of what we were going to do. Right. Yeah. And so, of course, in your mind, you're right. And in my mind, I'm right. Mm-hmm. So if we came to the table and we kept nailing our point, but do you see what my perspective, do you, do, do you see why I'm right? Do you see why I'm right? But here's I've what- I've told you this like five times. I've told you this. How come a- you haven't heard me? Exactly. Yeah. We get nowhere. So you have to step back from that alliance to being right to that fierce commitment to being right because you you already are in your own mind. Yeah. You already are, but convincing the other person is not effective. So what you have to do is you have to look at your contribution to the situation. So what I want you to do, this is number one in communicating with your partner, no matter what you're talking about. You must acknowledge your piece in the matter. And I'm going to give you four different questions to ask yourself to tap into your contribution, your piece in the matter. What I see a lot of times is we will acknowledge our piece in the matter, but we trivialize it. We go, yeah, I could have said it differently, but he's such a dick, or but she just doesn't get what I'm saying, or and we we kind of trivialize it instead of realizing that that probably had a really large impact in the dynamic of the relationship or yeah. the dynamic of the conversation. Mm-hmm. So here are the four questions that are going to help you start acknowledging your piece in the matter, and this oftentimes will need to be looked at when you're not in a really intense emotional current. Because if you're at the point where you're in the middle of the grievance, where you just got in an altercation with your partner, or you just fought about something, Mm. or they just were snippy with you, or you just found out that they didn't follow through on something that they said they were going to do, or they snapped back at you, and now you want to retaliate – Though these are the moments not to do this. Yeah. These are not yeah, the yeah. times to communicate. This is the time to call timeout and say, I know I'm going to say something I'm going to regret. Let's table this. Let's talk later. Yeah. You know, like, or whatever you need to say, just get out of that situation. Don't try to tackle it when you're in the heat of an emotional current like that. But when you are able to look at the situation a little more objectively, kind of calm down. Ask yourself, how have I contributed to this issue? One of the things that is more prevalent in these sorts of contexts is that you just haven't said anything. That is usually 
your major piece of contribution is either you have not said anything or you've said something in a way that you cannot be heard, where you've been really rude, you've been snarky. Mm, I see. And we know scientifically that people will not create change. They will not do anything differently unless they feel heard and understood. Right. So if you've been yelling at your partner about all these things you need them to do, and you've yet to ask them how they're feeling, what they need from you, then good fucking luck. They are not going to do a damn thing. Because people do not cater to change unless they feel understood. Yep, that's true. So I need you to start looking at how have I contributed to this scenario? Hmm, okay. Let me actually use an example from a friendship of mine. So this can kind of give you the understanding of how this can permeate friendships as well as romantic partnerships. So years ago, I was doing a collaborative partnership with my very best friend. Many of you guys know her, Andrea Owen. And when we first started, we, you know, do a joint project together called the Self-Love Revolution. And we started it, I think, in 2011, 2012. And at the very beginning of that, I did everything technical, like built all the websites, did all the payment process, everything to do with our email stuff, everything. And there was a lot of pressure on me. And I found myself getting more and more resentful to her that she wasn't doing as much or that she didn't appreciate me or didn't respect me or, or thank me. Now, one of the things that we're talking a lot about in Relationship Rx is our communication styles and how each of us perceive love and our love languages, essentially. Yeah, yeah, for sure. She is far more acts of service. I am absolutely words of affirmation. Mm -hmm. In essence, I need to know that you think I'm the shit and I need to hear it all the time, especially when I'm bending over backwards. And so I would do all of these things for our business and then she'd be like, cool. And did you do this? Or is this taken care of? Or is this da 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 da? Knowing that now that that's totally not malicious and she's just checking off the boxes And we have since come to an amazing understanding of how each of us operate and we're way better at being what the other person needs. But at that time, we we weren't as cohesive in that regard. Right. So I was getting pissed and getting so mad at her. Mm -hmm. And I had flown out to Utah where she was living at the time. And it was a project that we were going to do. And I was filming stuff while I was out there with her. And I knew that I had to say something or else I was going to fucking explode. But I had to own my piece in the matter. And one of the pieces that I really had to own there and how I had contributed it, even though I felt like a victim, even though I felt really validated, really justified in that she was taking advantage of me or she should be more appreciative or she should take more of a, I felt really right in all of that. But when I stood back outside of the emotion and I looked at what have, how have I contributed? First of all, I volunteered for all of that stuff. Right, right, yeah. She had offered numerous times that we should outsource it and hire somebody. And my perspective was, that's a waste of money because I can do it. We might as well save on the overhead. Yep. So I almost felt like in order for us to be financially lucrative, I do need to take on all these things. So the piece that I really needed to own was, first of all, 
I hadn't spoken up at all about how resentful I was becoming uh, yeah. and how frustrated I was and how upset I was. And also what I really needed from her from as far as positive affirmation and saying, thank you so much. Like I need gratitude. So when I posed this to her and when I addressed this with her, instead of coming at it from a place of you're so shitty and here's all the things that I need you to do differently, I said, I immediately started with my piece in the matter. And I said, listen, you would have no idea that I'm feeling this way because I have not expressed it to you at all. And that is wildly unfair. And I came at it from that avenue. And I said, here's the ways that I, I know I have really contributed to this. I've raised my hand and I volunteered. And then she was able to say, oh my gosh, well, let me say this, you sell it really well. And I was like, really? Tell me more about that. And she was like, well, I assume that you're so brilliant at tech stuff that that takes you like two minutes. I would have no idea that that took you five days. Hmm. I assume when you're like, oh, yeah, I could do that, that it's easy for you. And I'm like, oh, well, there's something that I have not made clear. <laughs> mm-hmm, mm-hmm, because mm-hmm. I did that typical thing that we all do in re- in re- uh, relationships where we go, how can you not know? Right. How can you not know right. how much time it's this so takes obvious. me? Yeah. It's so obvious. Well, it's not obvious unless you've clearly spelled it out. Hmm. And then, so the surface issue, here's the, the next question is, how have I delivered my thoughts? So in that situation, I hadn't delivered them at all. I hadn't shared with her what was going on. I hadn't been forthright or upfront. That's what I really needed to own. Now for you, you may have expressed your thoughts, but how have you done it? Mm-hmm. Have you been making jokes? Have you been passive aggressive? Have you made little jabs or snide comments? Have you done it by screaming and yelling? Have you cast a lot of blame? Have you said you are this way, you are that way, where it's extremely critical? That is going to fall on deaf ears. It's guaranteed. So when I say, how have I delivered my thoughts? I want you to be really clear on your paraverbal skills, your inflection of voice, the tone that you've taken. How have you delivered your thoughts? The third question is, what is the surface issue? And then what is the real issue? Hmm. So in my scenario, the surface issue is all of the logistics of getting the business run, right? Yeah. Checking off all the tech boxes. The real undercurrent is how respected I feel in the alliance. It's all about my emotional connection. How do I feel in this relationship? That's what was at the bottom of it. Yeah. Feeling taken advantage of, feeling disrespected. But when I was able to express that in a really calm way, she was able to go, oh my God, no. That is not how this is at all. That is not how I see it at all. And what was great is when I came at it from that regard, she was, and she's been like this continually throughout our relationship where she's immediately like, oh my God, thanks for telling me, let's fix this. Mm -hmm. I don't, and she has said numerous times when you're hurting, I'm hurting and I don't want that to happen for you. How can we fix this? But if I came at her from a place of you're doing this, you're doing that, 
her likelihood of being defensive and then going into why I'm wrong. Well, Amy, you you volunteer for it. You're the one who didn't want to hire anybody else. You're the one. And then then what's happening? We're arguing about the facts. Yeah. And we're arguing about who's right instead of how does each person feel? How are we communicating that? Are we actually sharing that from a soft place? Are we owning our shit? Because when you go in from a place of blame, you do not own your piece of the matter. You're only focused on why they are shitty. The final question to ask yourself, and this is all under owning your shit. The final question is, how have I been feeling lately? Because a lot of times when we want to act in a place of blame, or we want to cast judgment about why that person is wrong and we are right, we negate all of the things that are happening in our own individual world. And but what I mean by that is, how stressed have you been at work? Are you PMSing? Are you sick? Have you just gotten in a fight with somebody in your inner circle? Have you been feeling at your wit's end? Mm -hmm. Do you feel unsupported in another relationship? Because all of that stuff informs how we show up in a conversation. Right. But we make it about the surface issue. We go, oh, no, no, this is about how you don't support me financially. Don't try to make this about my period. Mm -hmm. Don't try to make this about the stress I'm feeling in my life. Don't try to. But it is, honey. It is about those things because we are a product of all of the things that are happening for us. Mm -hmm. So how have you been feeling lately? Have you been overwhelmed? Have you been sick? What's going on in your world, right? Yep. We had a great conversation about this last night as well, where you really lovingly kind of called me out on, babe, this is happening for you. This is happening. This is no wonder you're feeling this way. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And we were able to really troubleshoot it in an effective way. And I was able to hear it in an effective way yes, because we were amazing because of the approach and because of both of us having the ability to own our peace in the matter. That is what happens when you are able to really, truly stand outside of the blame and the victimhood and look at your piece in the matter. All right, so that is your first item of business, acknowledging your piece in the matter. And these are the four questions I want you to sort through anytime you are really locked into your grievance about that other person. I want you to ask, how have I contributed? How have I delivered my thoughts? If at all, sometimes that's the problem. If mm-hmm. you have not said anything. I haven't said anything, yeah. What is the surface issue? And then what is the real issue underneath that? Mm-hmm. And then how have I been feeling lately in my world, period? Am I stretched thin? Am I really grounded? Acknowledge what space you are currently in. All right? So that's number one. Acknowledge your peace in the matter. Number two, ask for the time to talk. We've talked about this numerous times on the pod. Yes. And we talked about it last time, uh, last week, where we were saying a lot of times one person gets all geared up wanting to talk about something and the other person isn't ready. Whether they haven't wrapped their head around the content or perhaps they just had a really hard day from work or for whatever reason, they're not able to engage in that conversation. And I will say another thing too about this. It is so 
respectful. It's just incredibly respectful to look at some other party and say, I've got something I'd love to run by you. When do you have a minute or when would be a good time? I'd love to get your thoughts on something. Right. Those are all like, I love the way you're saying those because the we need to talk has got to go. Nobody ever likes to hear those four words. No. We need to talk because that means you're going to get talked to. Right. Not and have a conversation. I would also say that in our culture, and this is a broad generalization, but a lot of men view that as a fucking trap. Yeah. I am in trouble. Put <laughs> all your defenses up. And that usually means fight or flee, mm-hmm. which means I'm either going to become extremely combative and defensive and tell you why I'm doing these things, or I'm going to shut down completely. Right. On a physiological level, when you go into that sympathetic state, you release hormones that don't allow you to think clearly because you have two or three options that you are able to do when you're in sympathetic, right? You can run, you can fight, or you can freeze. Those are the three things that people usually do. And freeze also includes like kind of backing into a hole, right? Right. So if if you're engaging someone and you're releasing those hormones in them, you're only going to get one of three responses. Whereas if it's a it's if it's a cordial situation, people are relaxed, they're in a comfortable position. There's a lot more options for people to engage. Yep. Without that cortisol level being super high. Absolutely. Exactly. And this is what I'm talking about with Relationship Rx, that I'm talking about stuff that is scientific. But that's what one of the things that I find so incredibly fascinating about how we communicate as humans is there's actually scientific basis to it. Yeah. There is a way that we respond. We know that that is a very factual way primitive response from humans that we fight and there's ways to deal with it and to disarm it and be wildly more effective yeah all right so the first thing acknowledge your piece in the matter number two ask for the time to talk not just when you are ready and do it softly okay and you also don't get to say hey i'd really love to run some stuff by you and they shut you down and then you get fucking defensive like that doesn't help it's very, very hard to keep your composure, but you have to go, okay, cool. I get you're super, super overwhelmed. This would really mean a lot to me. I'll, I'll, I'll come back to it. Yeah. Wow. That, that takes a strong moment. And that's not, that. I mean, that's definitely going to be far more in depth. And we're going to talk about that a lot in the class. Mm-hmm, so mm-hmm. if you're like, oh my God, I need help, specific help on my particular issues, then yeah, you're going to get it. You, yeah. you're going to get it. Number three, ask your partner for their genuine thoughts and for feedback. This is huge. Like you were just saying, a lot of times we anticipate we're in trouble. It it will spark up a bunch of shit from our childhood too, like getting into trouble, mm-hmm. being reprimanded by a authority figure. And now you're having that with your partner. That is feels extremely regressive and it puts up all of our defenses. If you can actually ask your partner what they need from you, 
is huge. Yeah. So for instance, this example that I gave with Andrea, we had to come to an agreement and I also had to get her feedback too. Like, how do you feel about this? And genuinely ask her, how can I be better? And she was like, I need you to tell me when you're stressed out because I don't even see that. Yeah. And I got way better about it. I was like, okay, I'm definitely going to be more vocal about that. But you have to be open to what that other person is thinking, feeling, and how they need you to approach it. So for instance, if you need to talk to some talk about something with finances or you want to talk about something related to the kids, ask your partner, how can I bring this up in a way that you can really hear me? Like what do you like that I say? What do you not like that I say? But we never ask our partners That's that. so true. We just go in saying what we need. Right. We forget that this is collaboration, that they matter too, that they're feeling a whole slew of emotions at the same time. Mm-hmm. What's mm-hmm. it like over there? What are they experiencing? Mm-hmm. Interesting. So, what, so true. Whatever you are delivering, whatever you are sharing with them, Whatever you are asking for, ask them for the same. Tell me what's going on with you. What are your thoughts on that? How can I be better for you? How can I approach this topic better? They might not know, and it might have to be like, okay, well, just know this door is open. Right. Know that you can always share that with me. That's super respectful. Know that you can always say, hey, babe, remember how you asked me? I thought of something. It's really hard not to appreciate that, too. Right. You know? Right. <laughs> like, nobody's going to go, what are you asking me for? <laughs> you know, like, yeah, it's just super respectful. Yeah. And if you ever get something like that, you can actually, that's an opportunity for vulnerability to, you know, if somebody ever does say, what, why are you asking me that? You can say, you know what? I realized that I've really neglected how you feel about things. And that's incredibly unfair. Right. And I want to know. I want to be a better partner for you. I want to support you as best that I can. And I have never asked you what that looks like. Hmm. Yep. That is vulnerable. And like, I dare you to be an asshole to me. You know what I mean? Like it's really one of those things that when you show up in that way, it is amazing what you foster in somebody else. For sure. Number four, get clear on what you're requesting. This is huge because a lot of times when we go into a conversation we're not 100% clear about what we're desiring from the other person. Now, sometimes it's a very clear thing. I want more help financially. I would love for you to take on this bill, that bill, this bill, that bill. I would like more romance. I would like date. And you know, you've probably heard me talk about this a million times. Quantify it. It needs to be quantifiable. Romance to me means sex or romance to me means gifts. Romance to me means quality time, date nights. And again, we're going to talk all about this in Relationship Rx too, about what our various love languages are. So if this is sticky for you and you don't even know what you, what things mean to you, or this would be hugely advantageous for you. Time for your prescription. That's right. But getting really clear on what you're asking. So you might have something that's very crystal clear. Like, here's what I want from this person. And this is what I'm presenting. Now, there's a lot of other times when you don't know the solution, but what you're really asking for is to be heard, is Mm -hmm. just to be heard. 
and you know, it's interesting because I mean, obviously you and I do this all the time, but this is also very much what's happened with Andrea and myself and also some of my other colleagues where we will start off the conversation by saying, I just need to give voice to this, or I need, I just need to share this. I don't need advice. (laughs) I, I really don't want solutions or how to fix it. I would really just love it if you just heard me out and didn't try to rectify it. And that relieves a lot of pressure because for most of us, we want to fix. We feel like they're coming to me and I need to create the solution. But if you can stand back and go, oh gosh, you just need me to be here with you, I will be here with you. So for instance, let's say you are really, really unhappy in your job and you need to share that with your partner. And you are nervous about the implications because you make a shit ton of money or you contribute quite a bit and you're unhappy and you need to give voice to that. What you're requesting in that moment might not be, I need you to get a job or I need you to bring in extra money. That's probably not what you're requesting in that situation. What you're requesting is to be heard. Will you just give me a little airtime? so I can express how I feel. It would mean a lot to me if you just were with me here and that's it. Hmm. So number four, getting clear on what you're requesting. Number five, keep calm and if you cannot, take a break. That's a good one. You gotta call it. It's really similar to business. Like if you were starting to get in a heated conversation with a work colleague, you usually don't go into an all-out screaming match. You go, okay, we need to table this. We need to parking lot this. You use all the corporate words. (laughs) And we need to revisit this. And let's just, let's just take a little bit of time to cool off. And that is when you go back to number one, my friends, and you start looking at what is my piece in the matter? Mm. How have I contributed? How have I delivered my thoughts? What is the surface issue? What is the real issue? How have I been feeling lately? And you Get tuned back in because then when you go back in to converse, you can own your shit. And that is what we call a soft startup, where instead of going, here's all the things that are wrong, harsh startup, you can go in and say, you know what, I probably shouldn't have said it that way. Or, you know what, I don't think I was really clear in how I expressed that. Or that wasn't fair to you. That immediately opens things up. Yeah, it puts down barriers right like that. That's right. So acknowledge your peace in the matter. Ask for the time to talk. Ask your partner for their thoughts and for their feedback. Get clear on what exactly you are requesting from that other person. And finally, keep calm. And if you can't, take a break. If any of this is like, holy shit, I need some finessing in this arena, honey, get your ass to class. This is your last opportunity before the price goes up. This week is the last opportunity don't wait beyond this coming Thursday. Go to thejoyjunkie.com slash RRX. You'll get all the information. You'll join an amazing group of badasses who are already filling up. I know. It's incredible it's how exciting. fast it's filling. You have, again, you can go through it individually or as a couple. I'd be honored to really dig into this with you and help you with your particular issues. You know where to find me. Anything else you wanted to throw into the mix? I think you asked me a question about, you know, what do people really want out of this? And I think at the beginning of the year, people go through, 
you know, January, right? They're like, all right, what are, what's our goals for the year? And I don't know how many people put a really strong goal around what their relationship should be like or what they want it to be like. Mm. And this is one of those things that you said at the beginning of your year that you said, I really want to get back in touch with my partner or I really want to change this about how we do this. Yep. So this is your opportunity to fulfill that goal. That's great. You know? Totally. Like, revisit that. Revisit all those goals you had in January. And how does this fit into those? Well, it's interesting because I think that there's people in two different camps. They either have that goal of here's something that I want to do. And I would argue that a lot of those people are signed up already. Sure. Yeah. And then I think there's another camp of ignore, ignore, ignore. And you ignore it until it becomes an emergency. You ignore it until somebody's ready to leave. (laughs) And this this happened the other day because my my neck was killing me. (laughs) And I told Mr. Smith, I'm like, well, maybe if I just let it go, it'll just naturally fall back into place. And he's like, yeah, just how people who ignore their relationship, it'll just like magically work out. Yeah, that's exactly right. Fuck. I was like, I deal with this with people's physicalities. You deal with it in their communication. Exactly. Yeah. So if you're just, oh, let's just distract with the kids and let's just distract with our careers and just maybe we'll magically work it out. How's that? How's that going? Yeah, yeah. exactly. Yeah. If you're ready to not wait for it to be an emergency, hit me up. We're going to do really big, big, awesome things. Cool. And until then, we will be sending you lots of love through the ether and we will see you around these parts next week. Here is to loving and living your most badass life. Mr. and Mrs. Smith out.